You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tamara and Priya. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Girls on the Grid podcast. We're here for episode 37 this week. But and but when you say like welcome back, like it's been a bit. It has been a little bit. And remember when we always used to complain about how busy we were, but we'd actually still be doing it weekly. Well, now we're like, now it's like busy. It's busy. If anyone else uh, works in motorsport and they listen to this podcast, you know what this time of year is like, end of season coming up. For us, insane amount of content to be created, um, especially with events like Bathurst, stuff like that. Someone actually pointed out to me that you know, this back half of the year is like abnormal. Like it's so much busier than normal because you think back to the start of 2022, we were still dealing with COVID. So I feel kind of feel like all of the calendars sort of been, you know, back heavy. Yeah. Intentionally so that we could, you know, limit how much interruption we had. Well, yeah, well, I think I've done like 21 motor racing events this year, which is a fair bit. Like that's the most I've ever done. I would not, it would scare me to count how many I have done. Yeah, between supercars, rally, Porsche, Formula Ford, yeah, it's a lot. The only one I missed, actually, the only one I missed was Tasmania Speed Series, and that's because I had COVID. And I did that one for you. I filled in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I got the vids. That was fun. And it was like the day before and I just found out that I was going to Tassie. That was fun. That was, um, I was very happy with that actually. So thank you to now. All right, but we're back. We're back with another podcast, a new guest. Very happy to be back. I feel like I've missed it. I love, I love having the chats. I always, I'm very motivated afterwards. So yeah, I'm very, very happy to be back. So for this week's guest, I caught up with Zoe Woods. She is a 21-year-old driver who lives on the Gold Coast and races in the production and touring cars, which has just finished up with this year. Um, and she's ran by Techworks, which is her dad's race team. Yeah, I've gotten to know Zoe a little bit this year. She's a really nice girl. So it was great to catch up with her and finally sit down and have a chat about her racing career so far, which you'll hear all about in a moment. Zoe Woods, welcome to the Girls on the Grid podcast. Thank you for having me. So we're just coming off the back of the Bathurst International where you raced in the production cars alongside Max. Tell us a bit about how you went because it looked like the weekend was pretty decent. Yeah, we had a pretty good weekend actually. Um, It was my first time attending Bathurst racing myself. I've been many of times and watched dad and it was really a dream come true to drive on that track when everyone else does it. You watch everyone else and you're like, oh, that could be me. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we had a really good weekend and was just about improving like Max. I was very lucky to have Max all weekend who coached me and he's like, you know what, we're just here to learn the track just to improve. Like if you can improve times, we're not here to set records. Let's just improve. So we definitely did that. Um, I went out my first time and yeah, going down the mountain was very, very scary for the first time. I was like holding on. (laughs) 
um but yeah it was it was a great experience and just to have people behind me that have done it before and they're like you know what we've all been scared so don't don't think that you're the only one and that really encourages you to keep going and you can do it so yeah it was real great like we ended the weekend with third in class um unfortunately last race we didn't finish on the Sunday morning due to a clutch and mechanical issues with the car. Um, but yeah, we struggled some all weekend with like the boost and all of that. But um, my first race from Quali, I took off 11 seconds. So I was pretty stoked with that. I was like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> Let's go. And then, um, yeah. And then the next couple of race, oh, our second race, fog of course so we were under safety car for the whole race and our third race I ended up taking another second off and yeah that's when our clutch decided not to work I know it's always <laughs> something isn't it yeah. always something so I didn't even realize that was your first time at Bathurst and the weather was yeah. would have been challenging as well wouldn't it yeah so we we're very lucky like the weather was hit and miss um on the Friday we kind of had a clear run for practice and qualifying and then in between it was raining and then I was like thinking about it all <laughs> and I'm like my first oh, race yeah. here, what am I going to do? And I was blessed that it um, didn't rain. So it all cleared up, the track cleared up and we just went for it and then, yeah, the fog, of course, stuffed us up, but that's okay. <laughs> all worked in your favour in the end. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it did. Thank goodness. <laughs> and so usually you'd have Luke Yildon in the car, but this time it was Max. So for those listening, Max Vidu, he races for te- TechWorks in Porsche Carrera Cup as well. But how was it having Max in the car and being able to get some pointers off him? It was really good. Um, I love hearing different views from different drivers and coaches and just seeing where I can improve. And he was like being the same age, I think we were on more a level of, okay, he can do it, I can do it. And he was like, if I say it's flat, you need to be flat. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like it was just, and I'm like, I'm like in my back of my head, I'm like, this guy's crazy. Like, I don't know if I can be flat. <laughs> it is good. Like I was very lucky like to always have Luke. And from back when I first started in like cars, it was Luke who taught me. So yeah, it was, it's been real good to just have different people and different point of views and yeah, just someone your own age is sometimes good as well. Awesome. And so we'll go all the way back now. How did your initial interest in motorsport start? When did you realize that you wanted to race? So dad got into racing about or 2014, 2015. Um, it kind of all just started like we went away on a holiday, dad stayed home, went to SMP because we grew up in Sydney. Um, so he went there and then met some people and got into Porsches. And then I one day was like, there was we lived in um, Penrith, so Western Sydney. And I said, mum, there's a go-kart track down the road. I want to go try it. And she's like, okay, yep, no worries. Like, what do you want to go do? So I was like, we're going. I'm going for my 13th birthday. I'm going go-karting. So I invited all my friends and it all just kind of started from hire carts. Like I did that 
and watching dad on the track and I was like you know what this is what I want to do I want to have a go and I said to dad and mum we sat down that night and I said okay I'm gonna go get myself a job and I'm gonna go you can pay half and I'll pay half (laughs) wow she doesn't mess around does she (laughs) (laughs) straight into it (laughs) and then um they were like okay yeah no worries and then I think it just pestered them and talked about it and didn't stop talking about it and just wanted to be at the track. And dad just basically kind of gave in and was like, okay, Christmas. So then I woke up Christmas morning, opened the garage door and there was a go-kart. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I cried. I was so excited. It was like the best thing happening ever. And I'm like, let's go on. I'm on the driveway driving around in it. And all of that and yeah it all really just started from high carts and watching dad and I was like you know what I'm gonna go do this <laughs> and yeah so it was real good yeah and then lucky enough one of dad's mechanics Josh he um was worked on go-karts and was a great good go-kart racer himself so dad kind of aligned with him and we just started from there like we went club days I just practiced a lot at Eastern Creek I went to um as well the butterfly farm (laughs) was like out at Hawkesbury so yeah I definitely practiced and it was like a Sunday thing that we went and did and it just all started from there, like watching your times improve, watching where you can improve. I was very much into that and, you know, watching, okay, well, I can go faster here. I can do better there. And, you know, it was more a family thing. Like I had mum and dad there and, yeah, it was real nice. Like just the three of us used to go um, or like it was just dad and I sometimes on a Sunday. That'd be his only day off, but he'd take me go-karting. <laughs> Best experience. And what were probably some of the highlights of those karting days when you were racing? Um, I think it would have been really, yeah, having dad there and learning and meeting new people. And I, um, when I started karting, I went straight into seniors and being that little bit heavier, I was in with all the older guys. So everyone was in their like early twenties and I'm like a 15 year old, 16 year old. And, um, it was real interesting. I had to learn to be tough. Like I had to learn that just be tough. Like you, <laughs> there was no other way about it. Um, but they were always really good to me as well. Like I was like the little one in the in the whole um, category and they'd look after me sometimes and that. So I think they were the good experiences. There was always somebody there, someone always willing to help. Like we had some funny moments, dad was on his own one weekend and I was like he's like right you're ready to go and I'm like okay and we go out for our first heat and he's drive I'm driving around and one of my wheels flies off off the back and he's like oh is that my daughter and I'm like standing I get out my car I'm standing there trying to pull it over onto the grass and he's like oh he goes that's a bit embarrassing goes out in front of all the dads and comes to collect me (laughs) I, was, I love it and then I think they were the funny things it, it wasn't I only did minimal club karting so I didn't go national state nothing it was just club karting sometimes on a Sunday we'd go and that was really it so when did you feel like you were ready to step into a race car um 
it was really like dad I used to have goals set up on my wall. Dad wrote down goals of what year we what we were going to achieve. And it was really like we I grew up in Sydney, so um there is opportunity there, but I felt like moving to the Gold Coast, we have Norwell where you can book in a day and go do driver training with somebody. And so that was a better opportunity for me so we packed up moved to the Gold Coast obviously for a better lifestyle and all the rest and dad met Luke so it all kind of happened from there I was again at dad like when am I getting in a race car like I have photos from when I was younger sitting in a Porsche at the Gold Coast round and all of that so I was like oh when are we getting when am I getting a race car (laughs) let me know like I want to get into one and he's like, yeah, there's steps. And he met Luke Yildon and it kind of all evolved from there. We had obviously the break of COVID for a couple of years and we were fortunate enough up here. We didn't really have a lockdown unlike some other so states. Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and we kind of lived the life. So we were still really lucky. Like I wasn't obviously working as much. So I um, went every second week with Luke to Norwell and we just practice, 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 practice how I should be sitting, what I should be doing. I started off not knowing how to drive a manual, no clue how to drive a manual. Um, Dad tried to teach me multiple times and that just did not work. <laughs> Two hotheads together. Work. I'm actually going I'm going through that process now where I'm trying to kind of get into it my brother's teaching me manual and it's just like it's so different <laughs> when you haven't had it implemented into you from a young age as well it's, it's exactly hard. right like I did automatic so I was like oh whatever and then um so yeah I was very lucky like Luke was teaching me to drive manual and dad was like right let's get an 86 road car for you so you can get used to the manual and anyway I got stuck in a spot one day and I said to him no I don't want this I can't drive manual on the road and he goes I don't understand it you can drive manual on a racetrack but you can't drive manual on the road and to this day I still struggle to drive manual on the road I'm like nah I'm out Right, really? <laughs> yeah, so I was lucky like Luke taught me and then it just all started evolving from there and we did steps and all of that and when I went out to QR and did my first test day and it all evolved from there and Dad goes, and it was between Dad and Luke to know when I was ready and once Luke gave the okay and Dad agreed, that's when we moved on. To now I did my first state round at the start of the year and in April and it all started from there but because I didn't I didn't do national level karting and didn't have an A and B license for karting I had to um, get my motorsport Australia license and unfortunately like not unfortunately but <laughs> it was the case that I didn't do national level karting so I had to go and um, do three rounds to be supervised and with 86s in the Toyota category they don't do that so we had to find way ways we could do that so that was we went through everything we were doing state rounds and that clashed with other races because dad needed the transporter in other places and needed mechanics and all of that for tech work so it kind of clashed and then him and Max were in the workshop and just brainstormed and Max like, why don't we just do production cars? Like, 
that's something we could do. And I and I spoke to mum and dad about it and, yeah, it just went from there and I was lucky that, yeah, we found a car and we started at QR and their second round and it all kind of worked out. Yeah, awesome. So tell us a bit about the season so far in the production cars. Well, the season so far, it just ended, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, tell us about the season Um, in production. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it was really good. Uh, I missed, I watched, I went down to Sydney and um, at that point we didn't know what was going on. Dad was racing in the Porsche and had some other guys in the Porsches for our sprint challenge. Um, So, yeah, we, I kind of watched it and watched what was going on and kind of in between there we got, um, the Hyundai NI30 and that's where it all just started we went to QR I tested all of that and then I was like right let's go racing so we yeah it kind of was QR was good I got a second in my class for the first time um, so that was real good I'm a little bit of a I love a trophy <laughs> and the boys were oh, we all too. Like, <laughs> I'm like oh come on we're going this time <laughs> good Um, and then yeah so yeah it was really good and we had no problems with the car we did um the two-hour race which they all freaked me out at the end because we had never run the car so we didn't know the fuel limits and Luke's in the car going um I don't really have much fuel left and it's like one lap to go and they're freaking me out and I'm like we're coming second in our car stop doing this to me um (laughs) it was just crazy and then Sandown was really good like that was a new track to me I'd tested at QR for a very long time and Sandown I was on the simulator before we went and um, I loved it like I loved Sandown that was the best weekend I've had as well so we had like a little problem with the car in the first race and the that's the part of motorsports the highs and lows of what happens in cars and you can't control sometimes um so yeah that was really good like I enjoyed it I learned new things I gained more out of having the car and all the seat time at Sandown because I didn't have a co-driver um and then we went to the bend and that was interesting um to say the least like I had one of another great weekend and it was 18 corners I was like oh my gosh like I've gone from cure to sand down they were good leaps I'm like now we've got 18 corners I have to think one. about it. really big one yeah. and I drove with um one of uh I drove with Daniel Wilson so yeah that was good um he's been like my mechanic for ages as well so it was good like I just wanted to give everyone a go Um, I think it was more, yeah, everyone that's helped me throughout the way, I wanted to give them a go to drive with me because that opportunity may never come back. Exactly. Um, And And the more more guidance, the better as well. Like had some really cool people to to race with. Exactly. And I had more data. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I was lucky. Um, Yeah, more people, more data, more feedback. And, um, yeah, that round was quite funny because I had Max on the radio as well and he, this is the whole flat part, he's like, you can go flat between there and I'm like, I don't know about that one. And anyway, I ended up doing it. It was like, yeah, it was so job. funny about it. 
Yeah, I was like, woo. Um, but yeah, so that was a good one. I got my first race win um, in my class and a top five finish at uh, the bend. So that was my best results yet. So I was very happy with those. Well done. Very well <laughs> and done. Then we went- Thank you. And then we went to um, Bathurst and yeah, I would hands down say that was the be- best weekend I've had there. I had the funnest time. Like I had a friend there um, and it was just fun. Like I had my one of my really good friends there and I had Max and I had Dad and it was just one of the weekends where I really took it in and took it in as some fun. I was there to learn. I was there to gain experience, but I took it as a weekend. I'm here to have fun as well being the last round and yeah so that was a good weekend um gaining times getting better times all of that learning new things about the car and it was really good I guess you've come off a very positive first season of being you know in real proper race cars in in motorsport so does that give you an idea of how far you want to take your career like like what are your goals even long-term well out into the future? Yeah, definitely. Um, having a positive season opened your eyes a little bit more that it is doable. Anybody can do it. If you put your mind to something, you can do it. And um, I've always been a believer of that. Um, so definitely looking into Porsches. I definitely just had the love for Porsche Carrera Cup. That would be my ideal dream to end up there and see where that takes me. Um, so next year is 86s as like a stepping stone, stepping stone, stepping stone. Awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. So that we'll take that stepping stone with a little bit of testing with um a, a Porsche and see where that goes, and then just hopefully progress into Carrera Cup. That would be the ideal dream. I can so see you doing that. I could just, that's so you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just being around the team too. Like it, dad obviously has tech works and the boys are, so Luke and Max are in Carrera Cup and just being most rounds. I'm like, oh yeah, I could do this. I want to do this. That's so good. So we'll get into that now. Um, tell us a bit about the family business, TechWorks Motorsport, and what you guys do. Um, yeah, so the business started off as a small business for Dad and I, and it kind of just grew. He, Dad actually met Luke Yildon, so that's where it all kind of started. Um, and he kind of met new people along the way, and he goes, oh, well, we can make this a team. It was for you and me, but let's make it something. Let's start something new. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So um, my sister, Rochelle, she works in the team. She does logistics. She basically does everything, runs around for everybody, organises weekends, organises flights, accommodation. So sometimes we can't live without her because she's like, does all of that and then dad does like logistics other than like sorting out cars and and that and then mum mum's just the race mum she just goes with me everywhere (laughs) but she's involved a little bit like she like looks after all the boys like they're all like her little sons or the younger ones she's like okay come on let's go so that's cute 
Um, but yeah, it's been really good. And then we had additions, we got Max and all of that. So it kind of opened, like it just started off with Luke Racing Career Cup. And then this year we went and we, Max joined the team and that's been real great. Like it's gotten big and all of that. And dad wanted to start a program. So everyone starts in Toyota 86s younger kids if they're coming from go-karting and if they want to go on that pathway there is that pathway opportunity so we've had like cars in Toyota 86 um this year which have done well and then dad raced uh Porsche Sprint Challenge but um he's retired now he's too busy he's done too busy running the team (laughs) he's like I need to he'll come back yeah maybe one round (laughs) he won't be able to say no but yeah, just running the team. Um, I think he enjoys that more. He's a very people person. Like he, yeah, anybody talks to him and he's real like you can just approach him. is really easy to approach. And that's been, I think, the best part, having somebody that also is my dad but someone I can approach on a different level of this is racing, how do I target this? And just having his input and having him there constantly is great and having Luke and Max and definitely just creates that great environment. And so I guess with having Luke on board that that'd be quite beneficial because you know we, he's got so much experience he's he's a Bathurst winner but even for you um, as we talked about before having learned from him in the race car what's what's that like just having all those kind of sources to fall back on and all that knowledge? Yeah, it's, I'm definitely lucky um, to have all that because if one person doesn't have the answer or one person has a different answer, the other person will have the answer. They might be like, okay, well, this is a way we can target this corner. Let's try and do that. And then someone else might have a different point of view and go, all right, well, let's try that next um, next race or next lap. Let's try and do that. So it's been really good to have you know, so much knowledge behind us with the people we have surrounding us and just, you know, people that have raced at tracks constantly and this is what they live and breathe and everything like that. Like, it's just great. Like, it's constant feedback, constant, you're doing this good, right, let's, how do we improve this? Yeah, it's it's honestly probably very beneficial for myself. Awesome. All right, well, we'll get into some fun questions now, something a little bit different. If the opportunity for you arose, would you potentially take your racing career overseas? Is that something you can see yourself doing? Yes. (laughs) I always say it. I always go, I'd love to go overseas. If that's what the opportunity was, I would 100% say, say yes, I'm going. (laughs) Are there any places, are there any tracks that you want to go to overseas? I went to Singapore the other oh, in July this year, and we walked the F1 track, and I was like, My "Oh, God. I'd love to do that. or Abu Dhabi or somewhere like like those tracks. I just love them so much." I guess for you, what has been your favorite track so far in in Australia? My favorite track so far, I would say, was Sandown, just because. It's like something's happening constantly. So, yeah, that's definitely probably been my favourite so far, along with Bathurst, like I did Bathurst. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. Just nothing can compare to Bathurst, can't it? No, (laughs) nothing. 
And overall for yourself as a driver, is there anything that you're personally wanting to work on or improve? Um, definitely wanting to improve on a few things. Um, like just, I haven't obviously being in a race car, you're around cars. Um, and it's so funny, dad and Max were talking about this on the weekend, just gone. And they're like, you just need to be a little bit more aggressive. And I'm like, I am aggressive. What do you mean more aggressive? (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not know what you mean by more aggressive so I think that's one thing I need to improve on because I've been told that I need to be more aggressive in the race car and I'm like okay worries. <laughs> I'll try my best with that um it would just like I'd love more time on a simulator like especially with work and running a business and going away racing I just would love a lot more time on a simulator that would be something I'd love to work on just making that extra time at night or you know during the day when I have a spare spot between clients just get on the simulator and practice 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 and so outside of racing do you do any any other training at all to kind of keep yourself in tune yeah definitely so I train a few times a week Um, I walk most days and then I uh, train boxing three times a week I try to go three times boxing and we just do um, that and we do kickboxing so it's real good like it's a bit more fun and all of that and yeah I just try I'm trying to keep fit with that sort of stuff you know the gym is kind of key if you want to be in a race car, I feel like you need to be fit. Um, yeah, that definitely is something that I do. Yeah, good. And so outside of the racing, um, you run a beauty business, Lulu Lashes and Beauty. So tell us a bit about that. When did that all start for you? So I um, started that in 2020 when we moved up to the Gold Coast. I didn't really know what I wanted to do and I needed the flexibility where I could just shut the door and leave and go racing before even COVID started. So I needed that flexibility of just, okay, I need to go away this weekend. I can block my weekend out and close the door and it doesn't matter. Like I don't have a boss or anyone to kind of be like, you're not at work. So that was the flexibility I needed. So yeah, that started in 2020 and I did it from home and it was on and off because then COVID started and we got shut down for about eight weeks. So it was really hard because I didn't know anyone on the Gold Coast um, to really have clients. So all my clientele to this day is just people that have met me or um, like one of my clients has seen my race car coming down the M1 on at the Gold Coast and was like messaged me and like on a tilt tray and I'm like oh my gosh like (laughs) that's just that's the craziest story so far um but yeah I started off at home it started getting really busy and I said to mum I was like look I want to go into training I said I think that will go like well with my business I said you know I have the knowledge behind me I've helped a few people train other people why don't I do it so the start of this year I did that and incorporated that into my business of so I was teaching lash extensions and that's about a three-day course for people and that really yeah was where it all started at home and it just got way too busy in the middle of this year that I was like oh mum and was like nah enough you're too much at home we need to get you out let's go find a salon so yeah I was lucky enough 
moved Lulu Lashes and Beauty to Miami. So that was really good. So I moved my salon to Miami in September this year and it honestly just is crazy. <laughs> and now it's been Christmas, like China It looks amazing time. as well. Like the, Thank you. Studio, yeah. It looks really good. You've done a really good job. Yeah. Thank you. I was very lucky because dad's a builder um, by trade and he definitely did a lot to it. Like we put new carpet in, did a few things. Um, I found some marketing. Facebook marketplace finds. I was like, yeah, we can just redo that. <laughs> I love that. Um, so yeah, it was a real fun thing to do. And at the end of the day, I can close the door and that's not at my home. And it's that's separate. the best part. I have that separate. Yeah, yeah. I have a work and like, like work lifestyle now. I can go there, do my work, come home and home's home now, which is really good. Um, but yeah, I was real lucky. Like all my clients are really understanding. They know what's going on. Um, my regular clients are like pretty good. Like they're like, oh, you've only got Monday and Tuesday available this week. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm away for the rest of the week. And they're like, okay, no worries. Like just fit me in where you can. And I'm really lucky. Like a lot of them are on my in- my personal Instagram watching what I'm doing and then they'll come in and go, oh my God, how good was the weekend? And I'm really lucky with a lot of them. Like they just love it. They think it's so cool. And they always are laughing at me going, how can you be this real girly girl and then get in a race car? And I'm like, well, I go to the track and I my eyelashes done my nails I was like I definitely go (laughs) and yeah so it's been really good because yeah closing the door and leaving at the end of the day or I've got a week and I need to go away and I don't have to worry about work or a boss or anything like that that's yeah so that must be good obviously it's an easy thing to manage because you know you've got that flexibility of it being your own business and then being able to go and race as well. Um, so do you have anyone else work for you yet or is it all just you at the moment? At the moment, it is all just me. I do everything. Um, I do my book work. I do clients. I do all the training. Uh, if I, I would love to have somebody there, but when it's your baby, you can't, sometimes can't let exactly. go. Like you've, I, got, you've got your I wife doing it. And like some of my students, um, I'm like, oh, I could hire you because you're doing really well. And then I'm like, no, this is my baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally Yeah, know. but maybe over. I mean, it's probably only going to get bigger as well. And yeah. if you want to go, if you want to go racing more, <laughs> exactly right. I'm going to have to close that door and say, someone else, this is your problem now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, Zoe. For our last question, which we always ask what would your advice be for women who want to race? Um, My advice would be go do it. Just go do it. Go, even if you start in a go-kart or on a motorbike or a dirt bike, start, go do it. Just go do it. Go experience it because all it's going to be is you love it or maybe it's not for you. And maybe there is another job there. Like there's media, there's presenters, there's everything there there's multiple jobs there for women in motorsport there's if it's not racing you might want to be doing something else you might be want to helping a team or you know working within a team being a mechanic so I think just go do it just go experience it and see how you go and if that part of it's not for you then that's fine but 
if you still want to stay in the sport, there's multiple opportunities. Like definitely like we have flag marshalling and all of that. They're great ways to start or being involved in a team. If you just want to experience, come for a weekend and see the team and how it runs and what happens in a weekend. I definitely, my advice is just go do it. Just have it. The, like everyone is so welcoming in the sport. Everyone is there for you you could walk past somebody and someone will say hi how are you like you might not know them but everyone's definitely there um sometimes it like you feel like it's a bit daunting but you just got to break out of your shell and go do it that's my biggest advice just yeah go do it <laughs> don't be scared everyone's there to help each other Awesome. Great. All right. Well, Zoe, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been super insightful and and cool to hear about your motorsport journey because I've been keeping up with you a fair bit this year. And yeah, it's just really cool to see how far you've come already. And yeah, really looking forward to seeing where you go. So thanks for the chat. Great to have you on. Thank Thank you. Big thank you to Zoe for joining us this week. I'm really looking forward to seeing what's in store for her next year. She's doing a great job so far, so it will be awesome to see where she goes. So, Tanea, we haven't done one of these in a while. Um, You just managed to fit this quick little chat into your very busy schedule. Where are you about to head off to? Oh, actually, I'm actually about to go to New Zealand. So, when you guys listen to this, I'll be over in New Zealand for a shoot with Castrol New Zealand, which is really exciting. Um, over there for seven days shooting you know pretty much all around the North Island driving to the from the east coast to the west coast and yeah that'd be really cool gonna be at Hampton Downs for a little while I'm gonna go up and see a drift driver gonna go to see the beach hop which is where they bring out really cool cars and yeah that's you know gonna be a really cool experience a solo trip over there Um, and yeah you know five or six hours five or six hours of filming every day. So it'll be intense, um, but I'm really excited. And then as soon as we get back, we fire straight into the Adelaide 500, which is going to be absolutely mental. It'll be nearly as busy as the Bath 1000 for us. So excited, scared, nervous, main, last one. mainly excited because it's the last one. I didn't actually know you were going over there for that. I thought you were just going on a little – New Zealand trip. Sorry, I didn't even ask you what what it was. You were messaging me about your carnet, and I was like, yeah. oh, okay, which is obviously filming something. For anyone who doesn't know, carnets are a pain in the bum. Oh, Priya, what is it. a carnet? Because I just, <laughs> I don't even know oh. if I can explain it. It's like so if you're traveling overseas and you've got, I don't know if it goes for other things, but for us, for example, we carry like thousands of dollars. I think it is. Yeah we carry like thousands of dollars worth of camera equipment overseas and they do it so, like in case you're selling it or something. It's, mm, it's, I think it's something to do with currency and how like the New Zealand dollar is worth different and really? GST. So like if you, if, yeah, if you were to take, you buy something in Australia and take it over to New Zealand and sell it, you wouldn't have to pay your GST or you wouldn't have to, the person buying it doesn't have to, I don't right. I, look, something to do with government, something to do with tax. I don't know, but it costs you like 600 bucks to get one, which is lovely. Yeah, no, I had to do one for New Zealand for the Auckland round and um, it was a pain. It was honestly just really scary. I was worried I was going to do something wrong 
and they were gonna like arrest me even though there was there was nothing that I could have done funny story about that you actually want to know a funny story about that my first international trip ever right imagine imagine a twin a 19 year old a young fresh 19 year old Tanea uh working for a first you know first year in supercars working for a race team just packs up all the kit as if she's just going you know up to Winton but instead she's going to Auckland and she rolls through, I don't know why I'm talking in th- third person, but I think like I need the emphasis. <laughs> she rolls through, uh, you know, New Zealand customs and and like does all the right things, ticks all the right boxes, doesn't lie because apparently lots of people lie on these things. Doesn't lie. So tells the truth. Fast forward about 50 minutes, she ends up in the border security. Detainment. Hell yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> apparently she wasn't supposed to bring camera equipment in. <laughs> She Good then uh, has her camera equipment impounded. All of the race team leave the airport because they've got to get to the track to set up. Little 19-year-old Tanea calls her mum and cries while she's in <laughs> detainment. <laughs> and her equipment gets wrapped up and, like, taken away. Like They take her equipment away and they're like, you can come back and get it uh, before your returning flight. And I'm like... All right, so that, like, makes me completely useless. Like, I couldn't take it from the airport. So I left the airport, went and stayed, like, cried my eyes out, you know, all my my equipment was, like, somewhere. And then the next day I got back in an Uber, went back to the airport and went and, like, just sat outside the customs office until someone come and spoke to me. And this, like, really lovely, but, like, he would have been, like, six foot four, you know, really big Samoan man, like, comes out. And he goes, Tanea, I'm like, yep. And he's like, we can't give your equipment back. And I just like burst into tears, <laughs> like absolutely burst into tears. And I am like absolutely like, oh, my God, I was crying so much. I just, sorry, just <laughs> a memory came up. I think I remember you Snapchatting me this process. It was traumatic. All those years ago. Yeah. It was traumatic. And then I cried that much that they gave me my equipment back because they just I was wanted just like, me to damn, all right, fine, take it. This girl really needs her equipment. But I had to get like signed declarations to say like I wasn't getting paid. I had to like say that I was there for ple- like pleasure. They say that I was there for you know not commercial reasons, which meant that I went and worked that week, and then legally I wasn't able to get paid. So like I worked the week for free which was was just a great experience. It was a great yeah, experience. Yeah, no. But sometimes, like, crying works, you know. I've kind of figured that out. Oh, that's all I got, well. man. Dude, it's sometimes all I've got. Just, some advice here. If you're ever in a situation where just things aren't going your way, just have a massive sook. Trust me. Trust me. It works. It does. And that's just <laughs> proof. horrible advice. It's horrible advice. We're supposed <laughs> to be, like, boss women. Supposed to be powerful boss women. I know, but like exactly, we are. If you cry and then you get what you want, then like that's girl bosses hell. Okay. Take take let's... that advice with a grain of salt. Let's go. Yeah. Let's so I gotta go. Go to All right, well, I gotta pack my bag. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh it's good to be back. We do have more episodes coming up. Um obviously it's a really tricky time of year, but uh next year we'll be back, hopefully busier than ever. Um, with the podcast hopefully (laughs) and yeah thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week
You've just listened to another Network R production. 